0: From IBM Cloud and Cognitive Software, you're listening to The Art of Automation with host Jerry Cuomo.
1: Thank you, Ethan, and welcome to The Art of Automation, a podcast that explores the application of automation in the enterprise. Our guest today is a world-class automation consultant and leads the extreme automation practice globally here at IBM. His name is Tom Ivory. And in today's episode, Tom shares how he and his team are helping clients x-ray their enterprise, like a doctor looking for unexposed inefficiencies that are making your enterprise sluggish, and then prescribes the right medicine in the form of AI-powered automation, of course. And you'll hear how Tom is focused on helping clients first understand how and then implement automation strategies to enhance customer service, enhance customer experience, reduce cost, and much more. And with that, I'd like to welcome Tom to the Art of Automation. Welcome, Tom.
0: Thank you, Jerry, it's great to be here
1: and great to be with your audience. Yeah, great to have you. All right, let's just jump right in if you don't mind. Absolutely. So Tom, you've spent the last four years leading consulting practices across Capgemini and now IBM on automation. Clearly, there's something there. You find this work rewarding. You find perhaps the market rewarding. Could you share why? What's going on both with you and with the market? Why is there that attraction?
0: Yeah, sure. Happy to help answer that question. The introduction to automation actually dates back a little further. It dates back to 2012 when I was the chief operating officer for, at that time, a small analyst firm called HFS, which is now blown up to a bigger firm that covers a lot of things, but back then they were covering the global outsourcing industry. And at that time in the BPO world, automation started to take root, and we authored a report called Greetings from Robotistan, kind of a tongue in cheek new source of talent with robots in order to automate human workload. And we, uh, we authored this report with a startup vendor at that time called Blue Prism, and we ushered in a new era of what was called robotic process automation. So, actually, yep. together the team coined the acronym RPA. So, oh, I guess cool. you can say, yeah, I guess you can say I was part of the big bang, you know, of what we call automation in our industry today. And, Jeez, Tom, RPA <laughs> is
1: everywhere. So, yeah, the farther of the, at least the term RPA.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's just, it's really been amazing to see the growth and the journey. From that, from that time back in 2012. And uh, I guess you can say that instilled a passion in me to see where this was all gonna lead to. And I moved over to the consulting side to actually put it to work, you know, and work with the people and the technology to make things happen with it. Great, great. Can you just
1: share with us where you see this market? Walk us through memory lane a bit, talk a little bit about the phases of automation. I know you're talking to a lot of clients They're probably at different maturity levels, but can you take us through kind of where we are today in automation?
0: Yeah, you bet. And like a typical consultant, I'll I'll answer in three parts, you know, three-part strategy, three-part work stream. So there are three phases. It started really, you know, like I said, in 2012, where I noticed that our clients were automating in islands across the enterprise. You would have small teams of people in IT, finance, procurement, Using scripts, macros, job scheduling, and eventually RPA to perform simple automations, more task automation, right? And that phase lasted, I say, between 2012 and 2018. And then around 2018, uh, we saw the next phase begin, where there was an explosion of innovative software. Hundreds, mm-hmm. you know, maybe thousands of startups sprang up, developing new applications for intelligent automation or what Gartner coined as hyper automation. That's right. And this included natural language processing, intelligent document processing, OCR, machine learning, and of course, this nirvana, this dream of AI-powered automation, right? That's right. But during that period, clients started to get overwhelmed. They had you know hundreds of technology op- options. They had failed promises that they were told by software vendors. And at that time, from a consulting perspective, we engaged in a lot of Technology evaluations, a lot of hardball okay. comparisons between features and functionalities. And then, it, you know, around a couple of years later in 2019, 20, and then with the onset of the pandemic, there was mm-hmm. an acceleration to automate. Okay. You know, with the great resi- resignation that has taken place now and fewer people to do jobs, re- rewiring, re engineering of processes and workflows, clients came to us and said, okay, time out. There is a big need for automation and we want to go extremely fast, but we need to take advantage of the full holistic opportunities across the organization. Uh, We want to not just look at the technology, but how do we sit back and start answering questions on how is this going to help us grow revenue? How is this going to help with customer service? How is it going to help us engage with our partners and onboard suppliers and rewire our supply chain more effectively? Mm-hmm. And that's where my team developed a new framework for them. We call it extreme automation. You know, it kept on coming up that our clients wanted to go extremely fast. They wanted to extremely scale their automation program. And so watching was,
1: the, I'm watching the Olympics now, seeing some of the extreme snowboarding, so <laughs> there <this we> go. <laughs> extreme there automation go. now.
0: It, exactly. You know, and it was a good way for us to connect with them on the dialogue. That and again, what, what exactly makes it extreme, Tom? So what it makes it extreme mm-hmm. is we broke it into four dimensions, four ways of us to tackle holistically automation as a strategy. One, be in the process, two, being talent, three, being data, and then four, technology. Bring back okay. that explosion of technologies, but being able to sort through what would make sense for them. You know, real quickly, process, as I mentioned in that first phase of automation, Yeah. We were looking at just tasks, simple workflows, but clients wanted to go extreme. So we're looking at more end-to-end workflows. We're looking at bringing business and IT together, for example, with the interdependencies between ERP and water management and supply chain and finance. Nice. Uh, you know, we want, we want to bring that automated workflow in a more robust fashion to our customers. And then second, with talent, it's no longer about just creating the bots and having them live on their own in this siloed part of the organization. It became abundantly clear that clients needed a hybrid strategy where automations and human workers are collaborating with handoffs and governance and dynamically responding to the changes in the organization. There are mergers and acquisitions. There's new leadership. There are new systems and applications that are brought on board or sunset. Automations as a result of that change and the humans and the automations need to work dynamically together. So that's part of the okay. strategy. That's second pillar. And then the third is the data. Yes. And data can be used in a couple of different ways. One, using data to scan the organization, kind of like an X-ray, on identifying process bottlenecks, inefficiencies, navigate to where you should automate and prioritize automations.
1: I like that uh, analogy in X-ray. X-ray exactly, your yeah. enterprise.
0: So you're 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 the doctor, right? And you're coming in and looking at the broken bones. Do you need to apply a band-aid, which can be RPA, a UI based automation, or do you need to go more invasively with IT automation or AI ops, or, you know, something that is a little bit more surgical in nature. Then there's another aspect of data and that's the ongoing optimization of automations. You know, you want to have a command center in place in order to optimize and evolve and integrate those automations over time. You need eyes on them all times, and you can't do that with just humans. And then last, we've already talked about technology and all the options that are available right now, but it's the integration of digital assistants and RPA, and BPM, process mining, and creating, you know, this cohesive puzzle that you can put together with these technologies for the customer, because there's a lot of fragmentation out there in the market with how you can buy technology.
1: Very good, Tom. So Tom, can you tell us a little bit about how do you engage customers? Automation, ironically,
0: is about people. Right. And it's about people asking questions and automation is the answer to all of that. So, with our people, we're asking the questions with our customers before they get serious or set the strategy for their automation. What is it that you want to achieve? Do you want to enhance customer service? Do you want to enhance your employee experience? Do you want to reduce costs or do you want it to help with bottom line revenue? When we have a good idea of where they want to take their automation roadmap, and what they're trying to achieve as an outcome, that allows us to engage with them in our various offerings, right? We have offerings across business and IT and process excellence. And this, you know, enables our people to work as advisors with the customer.
1: Tom, could you give us a few examples, some of the things perhaps you're most proud of? Of course, if you can name names, that's great as well.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah, there's a couple of um, clients that we have been working with for a number of years, but just recently they used automation, you know, as a way to solve some problems that are occurring in their, their industry. You know, one is a government client, a state and local government in New York, the state of New York Department of Labor. And they came to us in the spring of 2020 as the pandemic was surging across the state of New York, as well as the U.S. and the rest of the world. And they were dealing with an overwhelming influx of unemployment mm. benefits claims, yeah. and they were handling it previously through mainly a call center and over the phone. But obviously, with the volume of calls that were coming into the center, they could no longer address problems in a, a good amount of time. So they turned to us, and in the moment of a crisis, like of many organizations, you know, IBM helped them out. And at first, it was just really a human labor uh, supplement. We mm-hmm. we took people and for my automation practice and helped them answer the phone and answer the phones to, you know, help people, you know, get their unemployment checks. But then as we were in there and we became more entrenched with their processes, their workflows, their applications that they were using, we used our expertise to advise and recommend ways in which we can automate mm-hmm. a lot of the workload that was underway with answering those phones. And so as a result of that, and after a lot of virtual design thinking sessions and leveraging what we call the garage and embedding automation ideas into that garage, we figured out a way to come up with outcomes in terms of reducing the amount of time that a customer was on the phone with with that call center agent, and also increase the volume of calls that they were able to take per day and prioritize those calls. we did this through RPA and intelligent document extraction and processing it led to, you know, a lot of people that probably would have had to wait a lot longer to get their unemployment benefits to get them in a quicker. That's a great
1: story and great outcome. Come on down to North Carolina. We can use (laughs) your help here too. Tom, last question here. Can you take out your crystal ball? Given your perspective uh, um, and your kind of closeness with clients, where do you see automation going? Where is it going? Where can it go in the future?
0: Yeah. There's a lot of predictions out there, right? And uh, again, I'll go back to my, you know, three answers if you don't mind. I know, I made a few myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> most people have 10, 20, but I'll stick with the three. Uh, well, first of all, the whole crystal ball concept, I think automation will become the crystal ball, you know, Very in due nice. time... In due time, automation will serve more predictions as it leverages more critical insights that you can gather from data that's linked with automation. So, uh, so, so automation in the crystal ball becomes one. Um, Second, automating the automation, there are increasing technologies, you know, getting, to, getting back to the importance of tools and technology that are helping with automating the automation, like process mining and discovery, low code, no code applications ai ops and richer observability these technologies are able to actually reduce the amount of human effort in order to automate processes automate the code development automate the ideation of what processes and workflows to automate and so this will allow i think more innovation more scalability reduction in cost better roi you know for automation for the executives across our client organizations to double down triple down on automation and then finally I think there's this expansion and convergence of the definition of automation. I think this is probably one of the more powerful ones that I see. And an example of this is in the transportation industry, specifically trucking. You know, a lot of people like to talk about driverless cars and self-driving cars, but the physical world and the digital world coming together where there's hardly, you know, any truckers right now for us to get goods to where they need to go in the U.S. at least, And automating that physical component will be dependent upon also automating a lot of the digital processes in order to automate the transportation workflow. And so we're seeing this in IoT, we're seeing this in 5G, we're seeing this in the biomedical industry. This linking of automation between the physical and digital worlds, I think, is starting to come together more and more. And we're going to see that in the future.
1: Well, Tom, I am 100% inspired by those predictions and that outlook. Thanks for sharing what's in your crystal ball there and the fact that the crystal ball will be automation as we go forward. So thank you very much for joining us here today on the Art of Automation. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for having me and glad to be here with your audience. Thanks, Jerry. Well, that's it for today.
1: And folks, I've included a link in the description section of this podcast of how you can learn more about the extreme automation practice and perhaps even set up a session to join Tom and his team in an automation garage where Dr. Tom can take out his x-ray and together you can figure out how to make your enterprise more effective using automation. And I'm sure you've heard that the Art of Automation book is now for sale. Today, we are offering a discount code to get 25% off if you order from the link provided in the description code of this podcast. And folks, the code is friends 2022. All one word, friends2022. Okay, once again, I'd like to thank Tom. And of course, I'd like to thank you all for listening again. This is Jerry Cuomo, IBM Fellow and Chief Technology Officer of Automation at IBM. See you again on an upcoming episode.